Hey, hi, hello. I'm Elizabeth Silverstein, a certified professional dog trainer located in Little Rock, Arkansas. Telltale Dog, the podcast, is a way for me to provide value to my clients and others through sharing my own stories and those of other pet professionals and dog owners. It's been an intense few months, and I'm working on getting caught up with notes and admin tasks. Also, the client magazine has arrived. I put together a 36-page magazine as a holiday gift and client thank you, and I'll be dropping those off and mailing them over the next few weeks. And now, the first in a four-part series on our dogs and the pandemic. I spoke with Dr. Ball of Soma Animal Clinic. This is Telltale Dog, the podcast, and I'm your host, Elizabeth Silverstein. I'm chatting today with Dr. Marlo Ball of Soma Animal Clinic and House Calls about what we know about COVID-19 now that we're about eight months in, especially when it comes to our pets. Hi, Dr. Ball. How are you? I'm great. How about you? I'm doing all right. So, Dr. Ball, last time we discussed that perhaps we should forego letting your dog get attention from other humans. Has anything changed in what we know about that? We are finding data that cats are considered more susceptible than dogs, and the risk of transmission is still very low. And I'm not aware of any transmission from a pet to a human. But we should be concerned about our our pets getting sick, though, and getting it from a human. The, The chances of that are very small. I would recommend that we treat our pets the way that we treat our children, which is that if you do not know someone well, it would be a good idea to keep pets away from people that you don't know well. If you wouldn't let your kids run up and give a hug to someone, this may not be a good time for your pet to have close contact with other people either. What should we do if we get sick or someone in our household gets sick from COVID? The chances that we can spread this to our pet are going to be greatest when we are sick and shedding virus particles. So If you are sick and you're quarantining from other people in your family, it's a good idea to avoid close contact with your pets as well. Try to spend the majority of time in a a separate room. Try not to let them lick your plate or have close contact with, with your bodily fluids, especially while you're sick and having symptoms. So there's always unpredictability too around our pets. We can't always watch their every move. And I had someone ask me, she took her dog to Home Depot and her dog was getting very cozy with the lady before she realized what was happening. When that happens, should we be bathing our dogs just to make sure they don't have any virus on them? Or what's the best way to to deal with something like that? Well, that's a very good question. And a lot of veterinarians are trying to decide what our policy should be because I know um, a lot of veterinarians have patients that have owners that are quarantining or sick with COVID. And so that is not something that has been universally decided even amongst veterinarians as far as what our policy should be. But I do know that some practices have implemented policies where if an animal has been in close contact with someone who is positive for COVID, 
it may not be a bad idea to bathe the dog just to try to eliminate any virus that may be spread from close contact. And that's if there's suspicions of COVID, not just if you're afraid just to a stranger being out and around. I don't think it's something we need to be overly paranoid about. I think we just need to use common sense and try to make sure we set our pets up to be successful. And um, if you wouldn't have your friends or family around a lot of strangers, then I think it's a good idea to follow the same rules with our pet. I don't think that you should panic if your dog, as many will, uh, dogs are feeling the social isolation as well. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I don't think that you need to panic if your dog has licked a stranger or been in close contact with someone. But I think that if it's easy and reasonable to bathe the pet, that may not be a bad idea. And then just monitor them for signs. And are the, the signs in our pets the same as the symptoms in humans? We are finding that some also uh, dogs and cats are asymptomatic, but interestingly, many cats in particular have been symptomatic with upper respiratory symptoms, so coughing, sneezing, and some have advanced to a more serious pneumonia, although that is pretty uncommon with what we know so far. And are there cases that you know of cats or dogs getting COVID-19 in Arkansas? I am not aware of any positive cases. As a veterinarian, I actually have to get approval from the state veterinarian to even test for COVID. So uh, a COVID test for a veterinarian is not really accessible, and that's because it's been so hard to get testing for humans. If I have a possible case, I actually have to get authorization from the state veterinarian before I can even run a COVID test at this time. Um, I'm not aware of any Arkansas cases. Well, with everything changing due to COVID, how has your practice adjusted and changed with the pandemic? And now that we know a little bit more and this has been going on for a while now. Well, we want to make sure that staff is safe and we want to make sure that we do all we can to protect clients. We're trying to minimize direct contact as much as possible. So we're doing curbside where unless it is a sick pet or an end-of-life appointment, we are still doing curbside. So you will call from the parking lot, we will run out and grab your babies and bring them in, provide whatever services, and then the veterinarian will either call or come out and speak to you from the car. And that way, we're just minimizing large groups of people accumulating inside the building. We are still permitting end-of-life visits or very sick patients because it's just very hard to communicate when we're not in close contact. We are requiring masks, and we also are not doing house calls for anything except for end-of-life appointments. For the dogs, I know you probably have some, some clients who struggle with um, stranger danger, reactivity, or even aggression. How do you walk, because usually the owner could come in and help their dog while they're in with you. How do you manage that when the owner can't be with their animal? We are a fear-free practice, so we continue to try to utilize treats and create a positive experience. There are certain things that we are asking our owners to collect and bring in. For example, a fecal sample, that's something for most owners 
grabbing a Ziploc bag and bringing in a stool sample is really not that hard versus us getting a sample, which is a very rude thing for a dog during a visit. So we are trying to, as usual, continue with treats and make this a positive experience. I do have some very reactive patients who do best with their owners, and we are allowing situations like that. We are allowing those owners to come in, but we've got a large room where we are able to socially distance and good ventilation. So there are exceptions just based on the, the fear and reaction of, of each pet. And with all the changes in COVID, I'm sure you're seeing more behavioral issues as well. What are some of the common things you're seeing and how can dog owners make your job easier when they have to bring their pets in? Well, a lot of people are getting puppies because they're home more and it's been great watching a lot of local shelters getting a huge increase in adoptions. I was so worried when Little Rock Animal Village, our shelter here, closed to public. I was worried about how all of those dogs were going to be getting homes. I was also worried that people would be rehoming pets because of economical or, you know, just hardships that people are experiencing due to job loss. And we really have not seen that happen at this time, which is very good. But people are getting puppies, and then it's hard to socialize them appropriately right now because of all of the need to social distance. So I think that if you are planning to get a puppy, I think it's important that you do your homework and kind of have a plan for what you're going to do to socialize them, whether that is once they're vaccinated, bringing them to Home Depot, but keeping them in the basket where they're not having close contact with other people, but still getting that experience of getting out. Just driving around with them in the car, if the only place that you take your dog to is the veterinarian or somewhere that could be scary, then even the car ride will be fearful for them. So even if you just put them in the car and go run to Starbucks to get yourself some coffee, the more you can get them out and in the world, the better they will be when you travel to your veterinarian. Absolutely. And I would add on to that as thinking about what other sorts of experiences to widen their world, whether that's just weird, interesting new shapes like a hula hoop. I've had dogs that freak out when they see a hula hoop just because they've never seen it before. So when you're exposing them to new different objects as well, that can help. And I also offer with my, my dog training business, play groups where I'll match people up and we'll keep numbers low and it happens outside in the backyard and masks are required. And puppy kindergarten is also a really valuable way to get some exposure and numbers are low and masks, masks are required there too. So there's some practical ways to do that. But if there are some fears about just being around other people, exactly what you said, getting in the car or going to a new place, and then also just new objects, new experiences can really help a dog adjust and learn how to exist in the world. Yeah. And so looking forward, Dr. Ball, what are some projections for the future with medical care? Do you see this going on for a while that we'll be doing curbside? I, I think that realistically, until there is a vaccine that is accessible to large populations, I think that the winter 
and flu season is going to be very hard. I think that once we get through to the spring, we're going to be on the other side of this, but I don't expect that this is going to go away in January. I think that we need to look at how we can make sure that our pets are taken care of and that they continue to get the services and care that they need while we also try to make safe decisions for staff and for ourselves. And so most people have really embraced the curbside because it, it's about keeping them safe as well. But I suspect we're going to continue this for at least another six months, possibly longer based on the projections of when a mass vaccine will be available. Well, Dr. Ball, that was all the questions that I had. Was there anything else you'd like to add? No, we are excited for everyone to come meet our new doctor. And I am excited to announce that I am expecting my second son in January. And so I'm super excited about that new addition. And we plan to continue to try to make sure that everyone is getting the care that their pets need while we are putting into you know putting a lot of thought into making sure to keep clients safe and still making veterinary care accessible and fear-free for for our babies for our pets well congratulations on the new addition to your family that's very exciting thank you and thank you so much dr ball for joining me again um hopefully we can continue to do updates as New things come up and we're not sure where things are going, but this has been really helpful. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for thinking of me. And I'm proud to see all of the things you've accomplished, even with the challenges. And I love that I see a lot of updates and patients that I know in your graduation, puppy graduation pictures. So that just makes me happy. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Yes, it's been such a pleasure being able to partner with you and and help people together. So I, I definitely am the one that when people ask me anything that's in, in your lane, I'm like, nope, you're vet. And then <laughs> I'll handle the rest of the training stuff. But it's, been, it's been really great. This has been Telltale Dog, the podcast with your host, Elizabeth Silverstein, certified professional dog trainer of Telltale Dog Training in Little Rock, Arkansas. Music has been provided by Jim Giago of 7 Second Chance. Catch him on iTunes or Spotify. How are you and your dogs handling the pandemic? Are you seeing new behaviors pop up? Comment below or shoot me an email. And as always, thanks for being here.